Hey there, you are listening to Let's Talk Food Allergies with Lisa Woodruff, a podcast inspired by my first book, Be a Food Allergy Helper. I'm a dietitian and food allergy mom that loves talking all things food allergies. Today, I'm talking with Olive Fawn, who illustrated my first children's book, Be a Food Allergy Helper. Spoiler alert, Olive is my soon-to-be sister-in-law. In addition to sharing her creative process behind the artwork, Olive and I also discuss the importance of representation in food allergy books for children, as well as the use of art in validating emotions and experiences. But before we get started, I want to share my quick disclaimer that this conversation and podcast in general is provided for general information purposes only. It is not intended to replace the advice of a medical professional. And as always, individuals with food allergies should consult with their healthcare team to create an individualized food allergy and anaphylaxis emergency care plan. And now, let's talk food allergies. Hey friends, this is Lisa with just a quick announcement. Please make sure to follow this podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can click the small plus sign in the upper right corner of your screen. This also helps new listeners find the show. And if you like what you're listening to, make sure you leave a review or leave some stars. And now let's get into my conversation with Olive. Olive, I'm so excited to be talking with you today. Um, So you illustrated my first children's book, Be a Food Allergy Helper, which it's crazy that this is our um, one-year bookiversary month. (laughs) Um, So for like our listeners that aren't familiar, our children's book is available in paperback, hardcover, and now a digital download, which is nice for projecting on the screen, like if you're in a classroom or a large group setting. And before we get started, um, I'm just going to give a brief synopsis. Uh, So our book follows siblings Rebel and Sam and their younger brother, Luca. Rebel and Sam like to eat ice cream, play at the park, read books, and watch baseball games. But when their younger brother, Luca, has an allergic reaction to peanuts, their family must learn what foods he can eat and how to keep him safe. So food allergies affect the entire family, even kids without food allergies. Um, so sometimes they just need a reminder, um, the siblings without food allergies, sometimes they need a reminder that they are loved and special too. So this book was created to help siblings as well as friends without food allergies learn how to embrace the role of food allergy helpers. So Olive, to start off with, I would just love to hear about your creative process for working on this book. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me, first uh, first off. Um, So my creative process, I used Adobe Fresco to sketch and conceptualize the family. Mm -hmm. Um, And Adobe Fresco, it's a creative software that allows you to freehand draw with, you know, hundreds of different brush types to accomplish illustrative levels of design. Um, It's an excellent and easy to learn tool if you're looking to transition from traditional drawing to digital drawing. So I I highly recommend Fresco. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Right away, I knew I wanted to use uh, flat blocks with bright colors and high textures to approach the quote unquote paper with a loose hand. So I'm not achieving uh, something absolutely manicured and accurate. It's mainly about capturing an idea of that initial sketch. Okay. Um, I'm still rehearsing what the shapes or lines are, but, you know, I wanted the concept to feel like it stayed in the sketching phase, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to fixate on anything on high volume of detail, but, you know, uh, I wanted to ca- strategize the rudimentary in that if I wanted to convey all of that information, I needed to use as little detail as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's so fascinating to learn just more of the technical aspects. Um, so but I'd love to know, like, where did you find inspirations for the characters themselves? That's a good question because it's a really, uh, it's one of my favorite questions. I mean, I took a trip down to memory lane um, to my favorite shows. I grew up as a, excuse me, I took a, I'm going to redo that. I took a trip down memory lane to my favorite shows I grew up with as a kid. I looked at great works widely known and loved like Elmo's World from Sesame Street and works that are maybe not so well known. And it really depends on who you're talking to. Uh, so like Nintendo GameCube's Animal Crossing that came out in give or take 2002. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really have direct memories from it, but um, since I was like four at the time, but it's a really great game. Um, and that being said, these media pieces set the tone for what the family should look like and what kind of world they exist in. Okay. Um, so for starters in the background, I drew inspiration from Elmo's like squiggly drawn home interior. So if yes. you notice there's like a lot of things that are misaligned and unregistered, things are like moving around, you know, it looks like someone's going through, um, you know, someone's using like a flip book mm -hmm. of a crayon drawing in the background. So I really wanted to capture that feeling when you look through, uh, look at the, um, look at their kitchen tile floor and things like that. You see, it looks like it's been hand-drawn. Um, and for the family, I thought about the villager character designs from earlier Animal Crossing games. I just thought that the design, it's really easy to translate into 2D, just my little opinion there. Mm -hmm. And if you're not familiar, they have like really big heads, eyes, and um, you know, they have little bodies and they have like these little mitts for hands. So they have like really simple postures that I thought really best convey the character's personality and emotions. Mm -hmm. um, considering the subtle weight, you know, with that being said, considering the subtle weight the story holds, I felt that it was necessary when we're describing the internal and external conflicts a child faces, probably learning, you know, after learning the worst way possible that they have a food allergy. Mm -hmm. So we wanna make sure that the expressions are obstructing this message, right? I wanted the characters, especially the children, uh, to model their, their behavior in a natural and mature way. Mm -hmm. um, so the goal is we are going from being reactionary to becoming productive, which effectively, you know, empowers the kids and the family. And that is a huge goal we want to meet, especially. So, you know, keep in mind that for a younger audience, that's a layer they'll eventually catch when they return to this book. That deeper conversation that's happening will still transcend through the book's playful and lighthearted imagery. Mm -hmm. And I think while we're talking about the characters, I think it's important to bring up initially in the planning process, we kind of went back and forth. Like, do we use like animal characters or do we use people? And um, I, we, we ultimately decided to go with people because it was, it was important to me. And I think ultimately it was important to both of us um, to, to achieve representation in this book. Because when it comes to food allergies, we know that black children have a higher prevalence than white children. We also know Hispanic and Asian American children have higher rates. Um, so it's, it was important to us that this book be representative of, of all children with food allergies, that, that anyone could see themselves um, in, in this book as you know being represented as someone with food allergies. Yeah, well said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just remember we had several conversations about that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I remember drafting up characters for you and I was, you know, at first, definitely my brain first went to, oh, yeah, you know, my favorite stories were, mm -hmm. you know, they use these animals, you know, and as memorable as they were, you know, as in, you know, this story is also for, you know, 
um, for the parents as well. So we wanted to make sure that conversation needed to be, um, you know, needed to touch with the kids and it needed to also transcend to the parents. So we stuck with having, uh, having people. And I think that really was uh, incredibly effective for sure. Right, right. Yes. Um, and so I, I just be curious now we touched on like what one of my goals was for this, but what were, what were some of your goals for this? For this yeah. Work? Yeah. So I, I talked a lot about some of the goals from a design philosophy perspective, mm-hmm. but, uh, I haven't really touched on the big event in the story, which was the reaction, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm asking myself and I'm asking you, you know, how do we handle this really scary and vulnerable moment? And if I can recall, we talked about how we should align with what those people would feel at that moment. You know, right. they're probably feeling really scared and confused about what was happening. And it was then the goal became much clearer. We wanted to demonstrate through the family how to adapt and take back some of that control into something mm-hmm. empowering. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And so in, in our book, um, the character ends up having like hives all over his face and, and body, but, um, you know, I think we also wanted to be respectful and understanding that in real life, food allergy reactions can have a wide range um, from from hives to difficulty breathing, vomiting, even anaphylaxis. Um, so we on one hand, we wanted to be sensitive to to kids who had had or had witnessed such a traumatizing event. Um, but we also wanted to be realistic as possible, which is why I think we ended up kind of going down the road of of um, like widespread hives depicted in the book. Yeah, and it was really helpful. You showed me an image of your son Rhett's reaction. Mm -hmm. And I based that off of that image in the book. And I thought, you know, from someone who hasn't experienced a food allergy, nor have I really witnessed anyone go through um, uh, shock or have a reaction, it was um, I thought it was incredibly educational and helped me as an artist designing this book. Right, right. And I know there's always some some controversy when it comes to show, you know, anything that can be can be traumatizing, um, you know, especially when you're depicting like a food allergy reaction. Yeah. And at least at least for me, I felt it was it was important to include that reaction in the book because I wanted kids to know that they weren't alone, whether they had gone through a reaction themselves or they had witnessed one. I wanted to emphasize that, you, you know, it's, you're not the only one who's experienced that. Um, and, and especially from like looking at like the storytelling perspective, it, it was a way to show resilience on behalf of the kids who are in our story arc. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That was really well said. I was, I was going to add on top of that. Like, I mean, you said it way better than I could have really put it. It was like giving those kids that visibility, you know, we see you was what we were saying. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you know, that's kind of ultimately why this, this book came to fruition. Um, Because yes, I have a food allergy child, but I had two, um, he has two siblings that are a little older than him that were very young when he had his food allergy reaction, but yet old enough to, to realize what was going on and realize to take notice of um, the changes that were happening with our food and our family. And I was, I was trying, I looked for a while to find a book that would help siblings of, um, you know, of kids with food allergies. And I couldn't find anything. I, you know, I looked online, I looked at the, like the Facebook group. I just, I couldn't find anything. 
And then um, a couple years ago, we were going to take our family to a baseball game, but we had to cancel last minute when we found out that there were like peanut shells all over the stadium. And, um, you know, we had a one-year-old that was putting everything in its mouth and it just, it was not a safe spot for a young toddler with a food allergy to peanuts to be at. Um, And so that was when like, I really need something to help my kids understand, you know, like it's, it's not their fault that our plans are changing. You know, it's okay to be upset. Um, But like, I also didn't want them to be resentful of their brother and, and, you know, cause we are on the same team. We're a family, you know, we, we need to help, help each other out. So trying to help them navigate all those big feelings and, and letting them know that it's okay to, you know, to be scared. It's okay to be upset in certain situations. It's, it's also okay to love your brother and it's okay to want to protect him and, you know, feeling all these feelings is normal and it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted yeah. to validate that. Absolutely. No, you hit everything there. I mean, yeah, it was absolutely important, I believe, to emphasize, you know, where we want to have fun and it becomes synonymous with safety. And that is something that, you know, um, we want to turn the shift the conversation in a positive and supportive way, in a way that, you know, empowers everybody in the family. And I think that's why this book is so unique, because a lot of the books I've um, that you showed me and the books that I've read, they're all coming from a perspective I feel like is, it, I feel like I'm far away and I'm not involved in the conversation. Like I'm just an outsider. There's nothing, you know, here's our home, here's our family, like something a little bit more intimate and personal. And I think is a lot more relatable, I feel in my opinion. In the, uh, in the other books, I mean, they were very, um, I I think they were just, I I didn't think they, um, it was just too much like, you know, it it was a story from somewhere else from so far away. It just Mm -hmm. didn't feel like it, it, you know, it was close to home. Right. Yeah. Which you look at food allergies and, you know, the statistics show us that one to two kids in every classroom have a food allergy. We know that one in 13 kids has a food allergy. And 40% of those have multiple food allergies. So, you know, it's not something that's, that's far away, like food allergies, they're, they're in our house, they're in our school, they're, you know, in our neighborhood, it's, it's definitely something that, um, you know, it, it affects us. And I wanted that message to, to come through in, in the book. And I think it's working, quite honestly, a lot more people, they're more, um, as people become more aware, they're more asking themselves, you know, okay, so I have been also having experience issues, experiencing issues myself Mm -hmm. with certain foods. They're starting to have that conversation in their own lives. Like myself, I didn't, you know, consider having food allergies forever because in my household, it was like really a taboo conversation. It was like, oh, you're just, you know, you're just sensitive kind of thing. It wasn't like a serious conversation and something we should probably take a little more seriously. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind of like just normalizing the the existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, I was just uh, agreeing with you. Oh, I was just gonna say um, one of my favorite like exchanges in, in the book um, is when the kids are um, they're talking about how because you mentioned like being like a positive message, and so one of the things in the book, the kids can't get ice cream anymore, which is one of their favorite things to do, but they can get snow cones with their little brother. Um, you know, so finding, 
finding a, a similar solution that still makes everyone happy with the positive spin on it, I think um, was another way we tried to reflect that in the book. Yeah, and I love that. I love that alternative snow cones. I personally, I love snow cones better, really. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so Olive, I'd love to know what was one of your favorite illustrations from the book? Okay. My favorite illustrations have to be, I love the food spread. That was yeah. really fun. I loved drawing um, the individual food items as well as like their titles that kind of play off on what the food item is. So like for mm -hmm. the tree nuts, I had like a little leaf come out of tree nuts. I, that was my favorite. And I liked the, the baseball scene. Yes. And that was so, that was really fun. I super enjoyed that. Love the colors. The perspective was really cool. And I mm -hmm. just, um, you know, I, I really liked how the silhouettes, like exactly what I was talking about earlier about using just blocks of color to tell, mm -hmm. you know, those, those details that really, that was a, you know, that was an, a really fun challenge to really hold that true. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Those are all good ones. I think all of them are my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just to kind of wrap our conversation up, I, I just wanted to share one of my goals for the next year, uh, which is to get more copies of this book into libraries across the Midwest. Um, on my website, I have links to libraries that currently have our book available to check out. So you can just click on the link and then it'll let you know if it's available, if it's available or if it's currently checked out or if there's a wait list. Um, but the reason I have this goal is that so many food allergy books for children tend to be self-published. And that kind of makes sense, um, you know, considering this is a very niche demographic. But then at the same time, like we talked about earlier, there are so many kids that would benefit from reading about food allergies. Um, you know, one in 13 kids um, in the United States has a food allergy, but it's not just the kids with food allergies that would benefit from increased access to these books. Um, you know, siblings, friends, classmates without food allergies, um, they also have questions and shared experiences that need to be shared and explored. Um, and so I think while it's great that self-publishing has led to so many um, children's books about food allergies. I mean, I, we have quite a huge collection <laughs> of children's books just in our house, um, but it's, it's difficult to find these books in, in a local library um, because libraries tend to purchase books from distributors as opposed to like publishers or authors. Um, but, you know, we know food allergies affect everyone from any walk of life. So that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm personally so passionate about advocating to get food allergy books more accessible to everyone. So during the month of May, which is um, Asthma and Allergy Awareness Month, I'm offering a special deal on my website in order to try and get more of these books into the library. So if you're listening, um, there are more, more details in the show notes um, or a link to my website where, where you can learn more. So yeah, that's, that's one of my goals for this year. Awesome. Well, it was really great being here talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing your time. And, um, oh, where can, where can people learn more about your work? Um, you can check me out on Instagram at Yazi Wan Fawn. Mm -hmm. um, and you can also see my website, same handle, yazzywanfawn.com. I'm changing some things up on my website, but uh, you can still check it out. I have a lot of great work there. Um, please feel free to reach out to me at those um, platforms. And yeah, I'll catch you later. Awesome. Thanks again, Olive. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Food Allergies. If you or your child has food allergies, it's important to know that you're not alone. Thank you to my guest, Olive, for joining me today and celebrating the one-year book anniversary of our first children's book, Be a Food Allergy Helper. If you are interested in supporting our goal of getting more food allergy books into public libraries, I am offering a special deal during the month of May in honor of Asthma and Allergy Awareness Month. So for every digital copy of our book sold, I will donate a book to the public library of your choice. Make sure to check out my website for all the details, links in the show notes. A special shout out goes to the talented Colin Brayley, who wrote and performed my theme song. The cover art was photographed by Chris Woodruff and designed by Olive Baum. And finally, if you liked today's episode, please leave some stars or write a short review for Let's Talk Food Allergies. This helps others find and listen to my podcast. You can also connect with me online at lisawoodruffnutrition.com or on Instagram at Be a Food Allergy Helper. Until next time, friends.